Hello, Governor. Yeah, I don't have a witty intro for this week. <laughs> yeah. Um, Happy New Year, everybody. Uh, Happy New Year. Even though it's the, what was it, when, <laughs> what's the day? Even though it's like 15th when we're recording this, and yeah. <laughs> Professionalism. <laughs> um, We would have recorded um a while ago. We actually wanted to record um two weeks ago, I, I would say. Yeah. Uh, but but Tom was busy and um yeah. Anyway, welcome to Hello Governor the Podcast. I'm Abdullah and with me as, as always is Tom. Hey guys. And oh man, we got a lot of movie news to 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 go through today. So um as we mentioned in the previous episode a month ago, um we, we talked about the whole Disney and Fox thing, you know. Disney now owns all of Fox's movie properties and 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 uh, TV rights and all that other good shit. And apparently, news just broke out. Well, uh, two days ago, news broke out that uh, New Mutants is getting pushed back ten months from now, which means it's going to come out in in February of two two thousand nineteen. Everything's going to be getting pushed back to twenty nineteen, isn't it? For some odd reason. I think that's because, like you said, when we uh, just a couple minutes ago before we started recording, you said that uh, they they're doing this most likely to. To get to get these movies out as fast as they can because you know the, yeah. they lost the rights <laughs> yeah my, my theory is i feel that um when it comes to these films basically disney are gonna essentially put the x-men and the fantastic four in the mcu i reckon they're gonna put fantastic four before x-men because they need that longer waiting period because i think with, with the fantastic four you can get them in quicker and basically there's no major like memories of the fantastic four called let's be quite frank all the films they have been in have been terrible with the x-men on the other hand they've had some re- reasonable films and a lot of people a lot of people a lot of generation have known the X-Men films, and you've got to give it a bit of time, wait for it to die down a bit, and then you can introduce them into the film franchise slowly. I think that's what, when Kevin Feige talked about um, everything after Avengers 4 changing, I think he means that after Avengers 4, they're just going to focus on X-Men movies instead yeah, of, like, I've... Avengers, because, like I said, once those contracts... Because the contracts are coming up. Um, Chris Evans, uh, yeah, Robert Downey Jr., and uh, Hemsworth are out. They're most likely going to be yeah. out. Um, I mean, the only way they're going to keep them around if they give them like a contract deal like Samuel Jackson, just appear as cameos and that's it. Yeah. If they want to do it. And that depends if the actors want to do it. I think uh, Hemsworth said that he'll like to do a little bit, you know, come back as yeah. star because let's be honest, Chris, what what the fuck is he going to do? <laughs> well, Chris Hemsworth basically said he'd be up for it. I know um, Chris Evans said he wouldn't mind doing it along he can work it around his um, new career because he wants to get into directing now, which is fair enough. Because I, 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 he did direct one movie. I don't remember the name of it, but if you have not seen it, watch it because it's really well directed. I must say, you yeah. know. And I always, I always think that Chris Evans like has matured a lot as a person because you look at his older work and he was like really terrible and cocky and arrogant. And then you know, some. I, I think after, I think after the two thousands ended and he and he got the role of Captain America, like you kind of started to see him mature as a person and start to realize that you know I'm not really cut out for acting and I might as well just you know start doing directing because i oh, think that's yeah. i think that's that's what, what with him like i think him being around like a lot of directors for these movies and and he was probably like talked to them a lot about like you know direction and whatnot and he's probably got you know caught the directing bug and he's like you know i want to do this when i'm done with these movies because he said um once he began uh doing when he once he signed that contract with marvel he said once i'm done with these movies i'm retiring from acting that's fair enough and he said that back in like what um 2013 2013 when winter soldier came out yeah 
yeah, he said around. I was just about to say it was around the time when Winter Soldier came out. He always said that once his contract was done, he wanted to go into directing, and that's fair enough. And I know he has said on record a few times at different places he wouldn't mind making cameo appearances of Captain America in places here and there, or to even pass on the torch to to whoever next is going to be Captain America in the films. He said he'd be fine with doing that as well. I think, um, I think, and especially like you look at his acting. I mean, his acting has never been like I wouldn't call him like you know superb or anything like that. But you know, his acting has improved a lot over the years. Like I said. You know, as as he as he got older and as he got as he matured and as he you know started to to under you know again because he started hanging out with with a lot of guys like you know Robert Downey Jr. and and Samuel L. Jackson. You know, these guys have been around you know way before he has. And I think yeah. he I think they taught him. I think the thing that that interests me a lot about actors is like if you take like young green actors and put them with like veteran actors, the veteran actors will always rub off on them. Oh yeah. Because I remember. Yeah. I mean, I know this is going off topic, but I remember um, when Fresh Prince. Of Bel Air started. Uh, Will Smith, like back then, you got to understand, like it was a back then. Fresh Prince of Bel Air was a was a um, was a show meant to capitalize on Will Smith as a rapper. Yeah, and he I... had and he had no interest in going into acting, but because he hang around uh, James Avery, who played Uncle Phil, and how much he was impressed, and he, how much he learned a lot from him, you know, on that show, he got inspired into to doing acting full time. Yeah, and I think that's one of the heart most heartwarming stories from that show. Yeah, yeah, I remember because um, I think Will Smith said multiple times as well he can't stand going back to watch like the first few, like the first three seasons of Fresh Prince because he said he finds his act. In so cringy, and I don't agree with, and I and I don't, and I can't argue with them because <laughs> the first couple of seasons are rough. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. But yeah, uh, interesting fact about that. Did you know that was it the first the first two paychecks for his um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air um, season one, season two went to the IRS. <laughs> no, no, he was in, he was in seriously financial difficulties, and he owed money to the IRS, and pretty much they made a deal with, with the studio saying that his first two paychecks, a large sum of it, will go to the IRS to pay off that that fund. And thank thankfully, he was lucky that the show became a major hit and launched him into superstardom. Oh yeah, it did yeah, totally. <laughs> Uh, but back to back to this, I think I think the reason they're pushing back, you know, like you said, Fox is pushing these movies ba- back and forward and all over the place is because, you know, they're like, yeah, this is done. Like we're this is the last couple of movies you're going to see with this version of the X-Men and, and a- anything after that's going to be like a whole new cast. And I mean, the, the next three years, you're going to see X-Men per year because they want they want to get the films out and be done with. And I know Kevin Feige got big plans for the X-Men and I know you got big plans for the Fantastic Four. and they want to get the ball rolling on that, essentially, I feel. And I think now, because Marvel, Disney now own Fox, and they now got the Fantastic Four, they now got this. Basically, they, they got what they want. Essentially, they can make these this, this cinematic universe last for another 10 years if they want to, which is crazy to think of. Uh, yeah, I think, and I think, um, I think, uh, I mean, honestly, I, I, I you kind of start to see, you're starting to see the bubble burst with these superhero movies. If it hasn't already, it'll probably will come next year, but you know, it, I think it all depends on Infinity War, how that does. Oh, that's going to do well, but I think I'm, I'm talking about like in, everything in between that. No, yeah, yeah I would, yeah, I would say that, but I would say basically about uh, but the bubble effect is that. If Infinity War does bad, that will just burst the whole time bubble. The whole thing will die. They will come down like a house of cards. I doubt it. That's gonna because they saying... they that movie looks like they threw so much shit at it. 
Like I, 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 I think that is the most expensive movie ever made. Yeah. I well, again, the the combined film rumored that they spent a billion on the film on both. Well, both if you put both budget the films together, it costs a billion. Yeah, and I think um, I think it's gonna make its money back. I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna break the streak of horrible box office performances that we talked about last year. Yeah, Star Wars has done bad. That that's dropped down, dropped down again for a second week running. Oh, it just recently got to the billionth mark, and I'm like, that is pathetic for a Star Wars movie. Like Star Wars movies, yeah. you break the billion in the first week. It's it's funny when when you're looking at these statistics. We talked about this a few times with, with box office stuff and everything like that. It's that basically a lot of these films. Why, yes, they are making money. They are essentially not performing as well. They want them to. Like, yeah, okay, Star Wars, for instance, yeah, it made five times back its budget, but at the same time, you think to yourself, right, how much money? Because when, when they release the budget, they don't they don't tell you how much they put into advertising, how much they put in the merchandise. They don't tell you how much they put into, yeah, basically just stupiding the film and stuff like that. That's why Power Rangers failed so badly is because they spent so much money on advertising and action figures and all this shit and it just they could not make their money back no matter how hard they tried and and the movie and the movie just went straight to to DVD and Blu-ray. What was it? 4 months in after it was in theaters? Yeah. Like that's pathetic. Yeah. Well, again, it's just trying to capitalize on basically making money back by getting out on home media as soon as possible. But unfortunately, it didn't work. reason why that film didn't work, they changed way too much of it. And it was not recognizable to what people knew what Power Rangers was. Which is ironically the same problem Last Jedi has. Last Jedi, the Transformers films, the list goes on. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I'm not saying like this is bad. Like, I mean, you, you know... What was it? Guardians worked because really, who gave a shit about the Guardians before this? Well, I mean, Guardians was an unknown property, and um, for the amount of money it did make, it's a really, really, it did well in the sense that it was an unknown property. No one really knew her. They were the said, they were the said superstars of the Marvel comics. Yeah, and know, I think and... I think they took, I think they did a great, a great job with taking like this really obscure property and just like turning it over its head and making it into something like people recognize. Yeah. And I think I want to see them do more of that as opposed to, you know, the the more well-known superheroes we're getting. I'm like, I I cuz I like Guardians. I think it's 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 the best MCU film that they've done and I would like to see more of that. Just taking really obscure properties and and bringing them into the big screen. Yeah, I mean, Guardians is I would say my second favorite MCM MCU film and yeah, I would agree on you on that. I think that there's a lot of properties out there in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, in the Marvel comic line, that they could bring into it a lot of obscure stuff. I know, I mean, Ant-Man was, I, I wouldn't say he was as obscure as the Guardians were, but he was like, you know, not many people, you say, oh, you ever heard of Ant-Man, you know? And I mean, he, he's, he's no, he, I mean, he's, he's weird because if you ask like hardcore comic book fans and they know who Ant-Man is, but if you ask like a casual movie fan who's only, who's only exposure to superheroes as movies, yeah. they're not going to know who Ant-Man is. No, no. And, and again, I, I'm not saying Ant-Man made a lot of money, but it did made enough money to worth enough to be a success and to get a sequel and probably a third film as well. Yeah, you know? I mean, yeah, it's the same thing with Doctor Strange. I think Doctor Strange was the hardest one to do because how do you trans translate magic into film? And they did. And I mean, I saw Doctor Strange and 
I wouldn't call it a perfect movie, but I, I would admire it a lot. Be- I admire it a lot because it finally tried something different and stuck to it. Yeah. I mean, sure, oh, the, joke, the jokes are just, ugh, but, you know, you know, jokes are too much and the villain was lame, but sadly that's kind of, that's kind of been the MO of these movies for quite I, a while now. I think that's the formula that, the, I think that's the crack in the, I can't believe I'm saying this, is that why I, I, I will say the Marvel films are very enjoyable and very good and very well made. The one thing I feel that Marvel does with their films that annoys the hell out of me is that I don't, I don't mind the humor. I don't mind the comedy. I don't mind the, it makes it feel more real in that sense, you know, lighten up the tone a little bit and how people are sometimes, you know, I don't mind that. But I feel that, especially for Ragnarok, this is where I felt like watching it. I felt like when I was watching it, a lot of the humor, why it was funny, it was not well timed in the sense that, there's a time and place to make that joke, and I really felt like, no, this is supposed to be a more serious scene, or there's supposed to be a more dramatic scene, and then you have like a little throwaway joke or something like that, and you're just like, okay, that was funny, but did that need to be there? You know? That was my biggest gripe with Guardians 2. Oh, man, I, you want to talk about a disappointment? There you go. <laughs> well, again, with Guardians 2, um, there was it when I was watching my mates, and I think my mates signed it up quite well. He said, why on earth did he turn into a giant Pac-Man? Because that was a joke. It's funny. Yeah. <laughs> you get it? He said you want to turn your back man in the movie and oh man. Yeah, I mean, it's like, well, I mean, I will say about Guardian 2, I, I love the intro to it. I thought the intro was amazing. With Groot just dancing around, you see in the background with all of them fighting and stuff like that. I thought that was very well done. I mean, it's no. not a bad movie. I mean, there is a good, I described it the best way to someone saying like, look, it's not a bad movie, but, and there is a good movie somewhere in here, but it's like trapped under a bunch of pointless bullshit and filler. It feel, it falls into the same problem as most sequels does. It does a lot of the sequel, it, it falls into sequelitis, I would say. It falls in a lot of traps and a lot of the problems that sequels have over the years. I mean, the best sequels in the Marvel films are arguably the Captain America films. That's a film trilogy that proved that we can make good sequels better than, than the first one. I mean, just look at the first Avenger compared to Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is a much better film compared to the first Avenger by miles. I think Winter Soldier is the best Captain America movie they've done. Yeah, I would argue that. Yeah, totally. Because they actually... What I like about Winter Soldier is that they knew it was this really serious story and if they, like overdid it with the jokes it would ruin it and thank fuck they toned it down a lot in that movie because if they had yeah. done so many joke 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 it would have killed it it would yeah. have died dead in its tracks and i kind of want to see more of that i kind of want to see more serious uh, balancing of tone yeah i know just... that they're capable of doing that but they don't but they're they're just losing the way now yeah, I just hope they don't go in the side the direction DC is going at the moment because they oh my god the less said about said about Warner Brothers with their DC films is the better I would say to say at the moment. And they're still better off than Sony. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. oh, you want to get into your second? That's yeah. A good oh god. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sony. Um, I really want to sit down with the people at Sony and tell them, look. I know you're trying. God bless you, you're trying, but stop. Please stop. No one asked for this. So, we're getting a Venom film with Tom Hardy, and apparently at the moment, the news articles everywhere are basically saying, Tom Hardy's a beast at the moment. You've seen the size of it, he's huge and everything like that. And then Sony's coming out and saying, oh yeah, we reckon this Venom film's going to be 
that set in the, the tail course of our cinematic universe. We want to do this. We want to still do a Sinister Six film. And we also want to do a Black Cat and Silver Sabre film. And you're just like, <sighs> who, as- who asked for this? Who asked for this? Is it wrong that I'm I'm more willing for Sony just to make more Transylvania films than rather than try to touch Spider Man at all? I kinda just wanna see them I get I get that this is the new thing. I get that shared universes is the new thing. I get that. But have you guys learned nothing from Universal and, and Power Rangers and, and Baywatch? It's not gonna work. It, it's seriously not gonna work. Um again, I don't think the Venom film's gonna be amazing. Again, was it that film meant to be coming out? Was it like six months or something like that? Give or take, right? Yeah, they're rushing production on this badly. <laughs> yeah, they're rushing production. They got Tom Hardy in it. Not they've released no production stuff. We haven't even got a poster for it yet. Like we don't know what Tom Hardy's going to look like as Venom. Some of the stuff on set doesn't even look like they're filming a superhero style film, to be honest. And oh and, my! And, and, for, and for a guy who's supposedly working out and is huge, Tom Hardy still looks like he did back in 2012. Yeah. But, I'm not know. saying he's out of shape. I'm saying like he just looks like Tom Hardy. Where's yeah. the change? <laughs> he got a beard, and he and he can actually talk now. And he doesn't have to speak through a voice simplifier. So actually, kind of, he's still kind of. You know what? I mean, we joke a lot about Tom Hardy. We Lord knows we've ribbed him a lot on this show. I'm, I got, I got nothing against the guy. I know we've done a lot of jokes about Tom Hardy on this show, but I have. I have I've had one of my friends who actually met him in person before. Apparently, he's actually a nice guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I got nothing really? against the guy. I mean, I know we rib him a lot on this show, but I will say this: out of all of all out of um, out of most people in Hollywood, he's actually aged quite well. Shockingly, oh god, he has. Yeah, yeah, he has. yeah, totally. If you go back to his early stuff to now, he's actually aged really well. And um, I think he's one of the more charismatic people, and also he doesn't mind doing different roles. For sake, if he were enough to do, what is it, um, CBBC's bedtime stories when he basically read bedtime stories to little kids and stuff like that and then he goes off to do something like dunkirk you know good on him <laughs> i just love because because who else is doing that who else can like walk the balance between washed up has been and a, and a movie star at the same time <laughs> like who can and, do that other than tom and hardy also, and also tom hardy got a great tv show at the moment called peaky blinders here in the uk you know oh that's on netflix i probably should watch that sometime yeah well my parents have been watching it and i've watched like the first episode it's not personally my cup of tea but i can see why people like it though it's one of those shows that's supposed to be really good oh i liked him a lot in legend where he played uh those two brothers he was really good in that oh god the craig twins yeah yeah he was really good in that i'm like holy shit yeah, <laughs> yeah the, the craig yeah there yeah he, he's a very well diverse actor who can do multiple different stuff i mean if you are going to do a venom film he's probably the ideal actor to get and, I'm, so and, we're pra- and, we're, and we're praising him now because honestly this shit is fucking beneath him to be quite honest I don't know why he's a great... The only way I can see him doing this is if he's actually a comic book fan, to be honest. Is he? He doesn't strike me as a comic book guy. (laughs) Well, to be fair, there's actually quite a few people who are comic book fans you wouldn't expect to be comic book comic book fan peaks like vin diesel plays world of warcraft oh um what was it he has a tattoo of his um dungeons and dragons character on his wrist yeah and you know and nicholas cage and was it is um a ghost rider fan that's the reason why he did the ghost rider films he's a big superman <laughs> fan and a ghost rider yeah. fan yeah 
<laughs> you know, it's it's not uncommon. You know, <laughs> I just I just it is funny when you do find out with some of these people who do like their nerd culture stuff, and when you do find out which ones are which, you're like, oh, okay, that's interesting. I mean, maybe, but I think. I think the reason is because, like, they they chant, they kind of said, "Okay, look, I mean, we know that um, we're, this movie's not going to make its money back, but here's a shitload of money anyway." So, because I can't imagine he would do this for any other reason than money, to be quite honest. Either money, uh, maybe they might give him an exary producer role, and if he does get that, he can start asking for more films for that credit. Cool piece, like I know Daniel Craig has pretty much worked his way up way up the Bond franchise in that way by the studio don't want to fucking lose him again Sony I'm looking at you at this um, oh they, don't get me started on the James Bond franchise and how they fucked yeah. that series up well the th- thing is it's like every single time I want to leave okay here's more money I'm, okay I'm going to leave okay okay then we're going to stay we can give you more money I went okay I want more than that okay we get you make you XA producer okay fine and then you basically oh I'm going to leave okay right 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 let's make you not an XA producer let makes you into an actual producer for the film. That's how they keep him every single time. I, I, I thought they keep him like he wakes up in the morning and he has like three Austin Martins in his front door. <laughs> like oh, just... God. The, 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 thing, the thing is with um, Daniel Craig that I noticed, I actually went back and actually, I can't believe I watched the film recently. Um, it was on TV. I had nothing to do. Um, did you know he was in the original Lara Croft film? Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot. It's one of his really first films as well. And you know why when I was watching it, you know what really, really surprised me about it? He was being charismatic and smiling and being happy. <laughs> oh. It's an emotion I I would never thought to myself, oh my god, he actually has this these emo- emotions. I mean, Daniel Craig isn't bad. I mean, he's not my favorite Bond, but he's much better than, say, uh, what was the guy? George, George Lazenby? He's better than yeah. that. Be fair, he's in the miserable gits of the bonds, but my fiance fancy the crap out of him, though. And for for a guy who's like almost fifty, he's aged really well. So good on him for that. For that. But no, we're getting back on topic. But Sony essentially are trying to get these cinematic universe made, and it's just not going to happen. I know with the, the the only thing that's really keeping them afloat is the bond stuff. To be honest. Oh, I fucking hated what they did to Spectre. Spectre just. Oh yes, <sighs> Spectre. Spectre was one of those scenes that you can tell, and people will deny this constantly, even the casual film goers, especially the Bond ones, that Spectre was trying to make a, trying to create their own cinematic universe with it by trying to connect all the previous Bond films he was in. And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Again, you can argue, okay, Casino Royale and um, Quantum like does work, but then they're trying to say, no, no, the the main bad guy, um, I can't remember who it was in Skyfall, um, saying, oh, he works for Spectre as well. I'm like, oh, no, okay. no, he wasn't. Oh, no, he wasn't. <laughs> with, the first, with the first two films, you can argue, okay, yeah, because it was a higher power. You're like, okay, fine, you can argue that. But with Skyfall, no. no. <laughs> Just no. <laughs> it's like, stop ruining the only good movie, okay? Stop. <laughs> yeah. Skyfall was a very big success for you. Don't ruin that legacy for it. <laughs> Skyfall and Quentin Casino Royale are the only, you know, really good James uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movies, I think. Yeah. But I, I just, I really want to sit down with Sony and, and say to them, look, I know you're trying with these franchises, but let them die. Just let them die. 
I mean, you already got a good deal with Marvel with Spider-Man. You're making your money off that. You're getting the shares off that. Just live with that, please. Oh, God, now you're speaking of that. Did you hear they released the plot synopsis for um, the Spider-Man animated film? Oh, God, how bad is it? It's, five, it's Spider-Verse. Didn't they call it Spider-Verse? They adapt in the Spider-Verse storyline. Because casual fans know what that is. Yeah, basically... <sighs> so, yeah, basically, I'm just going to read it out here, right? In the classic Spider-Man mole, quotation marks, Marvel Morales must juggle his high school life with his status as a superhero. However, a new villain comes to his well, followed by an older Peter Parker. The first Spider-Man who is dead in Miles' well, Miles and the older Peter Parker, embark on a multiverse adventure in order to stop the villain named Morlen. The main villain is the guy that killed Spider-Man in, in the early 2000s, the vampire-eating Spider-Man creature. <sighs> the non-kid-friendly, giant, cannibalistic guy. PG rating, everybody. <laughs> It's gonna be like, what was it, uh, Cletus Cassidy in the 90s Spider-Man cartoon where they couldn't make him a serial killer, so they just had to allude to it, <laughs> and it was pretty awful for those that remember the, the 90s Spider-Man well, cartoon. What were they to make him an energy vampire like Morbius or something? Oh, speaking of Morbius, they're trying to get the movie of that fucker off the ground oh, because... <laughs> but no, it's stuff like that. It's like, why on earth why why on earth do you want to do something like this you, you know i mean this film's coming out um the end of the year in december of this year uh, 2018 i know I, I, no <sighs> I noticed like a lot of movies are doing that now like coming out at the end of the year as opposed to like mid uh mid mid year and i think that's because like most of them rush production and they kind of want to get them out before the year's done because they're like oh it's december you know most people probably aren't going to go to the movies anyway, so, meh, or something like I mean, that. I mean, they're going to go through the multiverse adventure angle. It's going to be Spider-Verse. We know, basically, it's Morlin, who is the, probably the lamest, I wouldn't say lamest Spider-Man villain, but the less interesting known Spider-Man villain if you've read comics. And I guarantee you we're going to get 299 Spider-Man that's going to make an appearance in it. I guarantee you we're going to get Spider-Gwen. They're going to make an appearance in it. We're going to have all the spiders, Spider-Men and Spider-Women that you will never see in a live-action film that will make an appearance in this film. Like any like any, um, any Spider-Man property that they can think of, they're trying to make into a movie, and it's just pathetic at this point. Really Spider-Ham. <laughs> well, except Spider-Ham, because no one gives a shit about Spider-Ham. I guarantee you he's going to appear in the film, even if it's just cameo at the end. This is going to be a joke. Like, they, they you know... Spider-Ham. It's going to be one of those jokes when they try to be funny, like, um, well, Guardians actually did this funny when they had at the very end of the film, they had the cameo from Howard the Duck at the very end of the film. That was funny. But then this on the other hand would be like, oh, look, it's Spider-Ham. And it's like, oh, God. (laughs) Oh, man. And and Spider-Verse was a fucking mess of a storyline. I don't know why why anyone would look at that and say, hey, we can adapt that. (sighs) Yeah, Spider-Verse. Spider-Verse was very convoluted, and the, the thing that really annoys about um, Spider-Verse, a lot more of the interesting stuff that did happen at an event happened outside the main storyline continuity. So in all the tie-ins, there were the more interesting stories, where, where Miles and um, 
I can't remember what other Peter was, but it was one of the other Spider-Men. Basically, had to travel different universes to recruit all these different Spider-Men, and they go to the um, 1960s Spider-Man, and that was actually quite a funny crossover. And they went to recruit the Japanese Spider-Man as well, and that's it would have been a lot more interesting stuff happened with Miles going around recruiting all these different people. And I think the thing I really hate about two two moments I really fucking hate in that series: Spider-Man and his amazing friends getting killed off in an off fucking panel. Oh god, yeah, that that was just disgustingly see, these... disgusting in poor taste. And you see the little dog in the background crying. I'm like, oh god damn it. <laughs> That and the fact that in one issue, it pretty much solidifies that the fourth wall talking, uh, breaking Spider-Man and Ultimate Spider-Man, the cartoon, is canon. <sighs> oh god, it was, yeah, it was Miles, it was Miles Morales from the comic, and it was the Ultimate Spider-Man from the cartoon show that went around recruiting everyone, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Again, they had more interesting stories to tell outside of the main storyline than inside the main storyline. Just, um, just, just fuck that. I, I don't know why they would, they would look at that and say, hey, we can adapt that into animation. It's like, how many years has it been since that storyline that came out in like 2015? Do people still? I, 2015? 2015? 2014? Yeah. <laughs> About over four or five years ago? Yeah, and, um, Spider-Man has moved on to other shitty <laughs> crossover stories since then. Again, if you want a really good Spider-Man story, read Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. <laughs> That's what I'm say. <laughs> Have you heard the rumor about how Dan Stott's probably going to be leaving, um, might be stopped writing the Spider-Man books after the 800? Please, God, please. Apparently, that's the rumor at the moment, and I think he even came out on Twitter saying, "When oh, 800 is probably going to be my last amazing Spider-Man book, but it won't be my last Spider-Man book." So I guarantee they're probably going to bring back like friendly neighborhood Spider-Man comic, all the web of Spider-Man um, comic book line, and basically have him just write on that to do Spider-Man stuff. I just so want someone own... else to write for the main title because I'm tired of his shit. I'm really tired of his shit right now. He's been doing it for over 10 years now, so yeah. <laughs> I think it's time for a change. Yeah. <laughs> if if Bendis leaving you guys isn't a sign that you need to change things around, I don't know what is. You know, it's just... Oh, did you hear about the guy who got his job, though? The editor-in-chief, because we talked about this before. Um, my theory was that Bendis wanted the chief and editor job, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, you told me that. Well, they gave it to a new guy. They, they gave it to this other guy who's... He's actually a uh, road agent who goes around and try to go to all the indie comic book conventions and trying to recruit new people and stuff like that. So, fair enough. It's a guy that's been in the industry for, for a while. He'd go around, he recruits people and stuff like that from the indie scene and try to do job deals and stuff like that. Fair enough. Someone who's worked in the industry. Not a writer, though, but someone who has worked in the industry, at least. Um, not... Not soon a month into the job, they announced that they were going to do like an X-Men manga comic sort of thing, right? And they said they want to give some logistics to it, so they gave the job to one of their um, Japanese um, employees there, who originally was from Japan and moved over here when he was so on, etc. So to give that a little bit more logistics to it, right? Turned out that person was a fake alias. It was actually the new head editor that was actually writing it, but under a Japanese alias. During his time in Japan. Yes. And people were pissed off at this because it's people. somehow blasphemous, even well, though tons of people have well, used pen names. 
I know it's a bit of a piss take, but at the same time, the advertising for the comic basically say, no, no, we're going to use Autisha Manga artist and an Autisha Manga writer for it. I mean, I don't know what people pissed off about it, but the guy who was the person for it, he's a white guy. <laughs> you know, it's a white guy pretending to be an Asian guy. Meh. I don't know. It's just, know. It's, just one of, it's one of those things where I hope this company eats itself and just, ugh. I, I just want Disney basically just break down Marvel Comics store and basically be like, right, what the fuck are you guys doing? Sort your shit out or we will sort it out for you. I kind of want to pull. I see them pull any uh, pull what they did with EA and just like come in and say enough with this shit, please. Because uh, EA got in trouble with uh, the loot boxes and Battlefront, and Disney, you know, came in and said stop that shit. I don't blame them. I'd be furious over it. And uh, I hope I kind of wish they did the same with the comics because the comics right now are just are just really, yeah. really terrible, unreadable well, garbage. Mean, it's- this guy, um, I'm going to say someone's name here. Um, what is it? Um, you ever heard of the guy called the Comic Historian? Oh, Comic Historian, yeah. Yeah. Well, basically, he did a video recently during the time of his recording when he talked about... Um, about basically, it was, it was like an update video. Like he was talking about what was going on and stuff like that. But he did bring up an interesting fact, for his channel anyway, that... He does, he, he does, for those who never watch his videos, um, he does like retellings of like what happened within the comics and those story arcs and stuff like that. And he said that over the course of the last six months to a year, the Marvel videos have been getting like really low views and the, the DC one were getting more than double the views than they're supposed to be getting. So basically he cut back. So each week he basically does like four more DC full DC stuff and then two Marvel stuff now because basically he said Marvel's just at that point in the moment he said he said he doesn't know why that is at the moment but he speculates that because the Marvel comics have not been that great at the moment I think people are more interested in the DC stuff because DC are handling their comics a lot better at the moment which I think is very very true statement their comics have been very good at the moment DC because they remember that they're actually comic books and not yes you know, whatever the fuck, Tom, whatever the fuck, um, bullshit yeah. Marvel's yeah. doing right now. And plus, also, I've never, I can't believe I'm saying this as well. They have this, this, since they've done Rebirth with Superman, Superman, I would argue, say, being the best it has ever been, ever. They managed to do over 35 issues of, a, of Superman comics at the moment, and it's been a much, must read comic at the moment, and it's Superman. Yeah, a guy, a uh, character who hasn't had a, a decent run in God knows how many years. Yeah, exactly. You just sitting there, you're like, <laughs> you, you, you made Superman sellable to people. People want to read the Superman comics at the moment, especially action comics as well. I think it helps because they brought back Don, Don, Dan Jurgis, who did, um, who's, who's known for doing like the quintessential Superman stuff from the 80s and early 90s. Yeah, exactly. Who who created Doomsday? Who who was one of the writers for uh, Superman Doomsday? Yeah, there you go. And it's worked, and it's one of the most most one of the most read comics, and it's one of the best selling comics over DC at the moment. Well, that and Batman, but you know, well, Batman sells. Batman's, Batman sells anyway. You put Batman's logo on toilet paper, people <laughs> buy that shit. They wipe their ass on it. 
<laughs> Robin, hand me the bat, bat toilet paper. <laughs> I shall wipe my ass on it. <laughs> bat toilet paper. Yeah. And Bruce Wayne, why, why do you have um black Batman toilet paper? <laughs> because I can, and because I'm not Batman. <laughs> oh God! Yeah. Bad toilet paper. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if the sixty shows had had that somewhere. Just a little sign above it saying "bat toilet paper." Well, there was an episode where they go to a diner and they they have like a Batman bad burgers and shit. Okay, th- th- they did that in the comic as well. That was funny. It's funnier than the in the actual episode where they just go to this random diner. He's like, "Oh, Batman! Oh, nice to see you here. Would you like to try our new bat burgers? Bat burgers? Oh yeah, it's a special we're having." That was amazing. It's just like wow, <laughs> this was an actual thing at some point. Yeah. Again, Batman prints money. Batman is one of those. I say this quickly over with Superman and Batman. It's that Batman. I think people find him more appealing because he's not overpowered, and you can tell a lot more stories with him than you can with Superman. I mean, That's... you know, I mean, the recent run has been really good. I think the best thing they did with those two guys was make them dads. I love that. Yeah, that was that... such a great choice. Yeah. And also, they had a spin-off book because of it. Super Sons have been amazing. Yep. <laughs> it had one of the best runs ever. And again, they made making them dads. It's been the best thing ever. And again, both of them, wait, what was it? They're doing the wedding of Batman soon. He's, he's going to be marrying Catwoman. I know, but and it's just... They're, they're, they're doing stuff with them that haven't been done before. Which is something, which is why they're selling really well. And Marvel is just in that ditch, refusing to move. <laughs> yeah. We refuse to move. You can't dig down any lower. Watch us. Here's another company crossover. And another one. Oh, and the Hulk's, uh, and the Hulk is Wolverine now, because fuck you. <laughs> I'm really, really surprised they haven't done a Marvel Star Wars crossover yet in comic book form. Oh, give I'm them really time. Surprised. Give them time. <laughs> I guarantee you after Watchmen, they will do it. It depends. How, it depends how Doomsday Clock does. Guarantee you that. Make, make bank. They are going to do a Marvel Star Wars crossover. Because they're just going to... Because they cannot... They'd be too stupid not to. I mean, they should have probably done... If you ask me, they should have done it when they got the rights to Star Wars back in 2012, but... You know, eh. Yeah. Whatever. Again, like I said, DC have managed... uh, So far managed to not do, do a DC and Watchmen crossover at the moment pretty darn well at the moment. So, good job. Good job, Jeff Johns. <laughs> and, uh, and because unlike Alan Moore, he still has respect for what for this for, for this uh, company. Yeah. At the big sake, the company does have some respect for Watchmen. Again, they got back the original inker. They got back the original inker to come back and actually do the inking for Doomsday Clock. Well, I'm like, fair enough. I mean, they, they treat they, they you know say what you will about their practices, but they treated the comic with respect way more than. Than, than, than Alan Moore ever has. Well, Alan Moore, basically, you have to summon him out from his magic cave just to lure him out to to, to give an interview. And then when he does, basically, he normally says, "Oh, fuck Superman," you know, right? Fuck him. <laughs> it's like stupid. He's not a real superhero. Uh... He, he's literally Gandalf at the moment. Literally, you just summon him, he appears, 
He says a few wide words, and he's like, I'm off again. Where are you off to? The BOP somewhere else. Have you seen the, um, uh, what was it? There was, um, cause I know his daughter is very heavy into, into, um, into social media, and then she posted this picture of, uh, Pokemon Go <laughs> with him, oh. and it's just, oh, it's the most <laughs> depressing shit ever. Oh, his face. I think I know what you're going to do. His face pretty much summed it up. Because <laughs> there's the thing with Alan Moore um, that uh, people need to understand. This is a man who literally has cut himself off from the from the world. Yeah. No one knows where he lives. He does he not. It. He does not yeah. own a cell phone. He does not own a telephone. He does not own a television. He doesn't own anything. He and cannot do, communicate with the outside world whatsoever. And if you do manage to get hold of him and conduct an interview, he basically just tells you how stupid the comic book industry is at the moment and how everything's dumb and stupid. And But again, I will give him credit. He does do a lot of... Um, he actually does a lot of uh, financial work and charity work. I give him credit for that, though. Oh, and he released a three-volume three, three autobiography called Jerusalem. Which is like over a thousand pages long. <laughs> yep. We're not making this stuff. We're not making this stuff up. Go and go and go and search for it. I'm serious. It's a three volume autobiography of Alan I Moore. I, I, don't, I don't know what's worse, uh, Alan Moore stuff or um. No, I take that back. Um, Frank Miller's probably worse. <laughs> Honestly. You know, at this point, Frank is like sane now because Frank just does not give a shit. Frank essentially is essentially turning that 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 like old uncle, that old grandpa that you kind of know that essentially you have to invite, and you're just like, okay, just keep him in the corner, make sure he doesn't say anything, and then oh, oh shit, he said something racist to 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 the ethnicity guy over there. Oh fuck, drag him back into the corner. Uh, I, I love the fact that he admitted that he had nothing to do with Dark Knight 3 and they just put his name on there because they knew That's it would just... sell. <laughs> I can imagine what happened was he had an idea for it. Like, I can imagine he had an outline for it. And the guy he co-wrote it with... Brian Azzarello. He did, not, co- Azzarello. He did, he did not co-write it. No. I find that hard to believe. I reckon he did have some input on it. It I mean, does he, have season it. He has the um he had like story outlines for it, but yeah. he has come out and said he had nothing to to do with the main story. He just, he didn't he didn't write the script. Yeah. But DC just gave him a writing credit even though he had nothing to do with the 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 script. He just came in and did like the artwork for some backup stories and that's it. Backup that's stories as, and- that that's as far as his involvement in the project goes. But the thing is, he wrote those backup issues as well. Yeah, and then <laughs> yeah. they act, and they act like, and you look at the, the 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 marketing for that. It's like, oh, Frank Miller, Frank Miller, Frank Miller, and he's like, um, my involvement was not um, this much. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> uh, Frank Miller, just he he does not look well. That's all I'm gonna say. He does not look well now. Uh, yeah. It's depressing looking at him now. I don't know. Oh, I mean, you know, say what you will about him, but honestly, I I do not wish ill on the man. I have not met him. You know, he might he might have some out there views, but I would never wish death on um, anyone. That is just yeah. awful. 
Yeah. <sighs> but He's an interesting I mean, character. <laughs> yeah, him and... Ironic how him and... Back in the 80s, him and um, Moore were considered like the the innovators of comics and they like before them like comics were just like in this rotten corner somewhere that that you know it never really got to to the point of being an acceptable medium to be taken seriously but then yes. when they did like dark knight returns and watchmen suddenly everything changed yeah i mean they they wrote stuff huge stuff that essentially made the comic book industry more gritty more adult and more marketable to for what it is to what it is to today if it wasn't for those guys we wouldn't have have comics as they are now <laughs> i mean i talk shit about alan moore and, and miller but they've wrote wrote some of my favorite stories of all time so um, again you like know, you said I, alan alan moore you just mentioned watchman there you go oh <laughs> uh, and, and for everyone who has not read his miracle man run do so now because it's amazing yeah Marvel Man or Miracle Man, whatever, but, you know. Killing Joke. <laughs> eh, killing Joke, I have my problems with it, but it's a really good Joker story, you know, yeah. if you're into also, that. Also, we wrote that Superman one as well with the um, Black um, black Beauty thing where they basically sent Superman. Oh, uh, well, whatever, over, uh, whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow, that was a really yeah. great, really great one shot. Yep, he did that as well. Yeah. And, and, and he revived Swamp Thing to modern day audience. I, I... I still, that is one of those books where I gotta read, like, that's on my must-read list that I have, I, I admit that I've never read Alan Moore's Swamp Thing, and I'm embarrassed for it, because everyone tells it's, me it's really good. It's really good, it's interesting. That's all I'm gonna say, I'm not gonna say anything more about it. <laughs> yeah, so I'm probably gonna pick those volumes up, and anyway, and the best thing about picking up Alan Moore stuff is, like, if you pick up any of the, the Marvel or DC stuff, he doesn't get any credit, uh, he doesn't get any money from that, because he's pretty much distanced himself from those two companies. Yeah. And so all the it's... money, all the money from those books goes to the artists and, and inkers and all those other people who worked on them. None of it That's goes fair. to him. So. Kind of sad, but at the same time, it's like, if he doesn't want it, he doesn't want it. I mean that was the only time, that was the only that was the deal with with um with Marvel with Mir- Marvel Man uh, Miracle Man when they got the rights to publish those uh those in trade for the first time in years they he said that he had only two conditions take my name off the book and give credit to everyone else and they did There you go <laughs> And all the proceeds from that book uh, go to the go to the art to the artists and inkers and letterers they don't go to him cuz his name's not on it <laughs> Yeah And there you go <laughs> So yeah I think it's I think like we're we're at that point where yeah Marvel needs to get their shit together when it comes to um their comics cuz Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, keep so you, you, you cannot keep relying on those um, on those uh, movies forever. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And with that, I think we're done. I don't think there's any other big breaking news that we that we can discuss, really. No, not really. It's been pretty quiet at the moment, and everyone's just been pretty relaxed at the moment. Like. Uh, we still got Donald Trump still threatening to blow up the world, but apart from that, I think everything's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, people are still being shitheads on social media, but that's the norm now, so... <laughs> oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Totally. <laughs> also, uh, 
God, she said, nah, we'll save it for another podcast. Um, thanks for, thanks for listening and we'll see you all later. Bye-bye. Bye.